Welcome back to the Full Time Whistle Podcast. I don't know if this is a at a time special or just a normal special, but um, we're going to do things a little bit different tonight. Uh, I'm Aaron, as you can probably tell by my lovely Scottish accent, and uh, I'm joined by Jack on this lovely Friday evening. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Nice. So it's like a drink up takeaway edition tonight. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to be eating pizza. You're going to be drinking your uh, JD and uh, I'm going to have a couple of ciders. So yeah, we'll just see how we uh, how we get on today. Yeah, this could either be really good or a bit of a disaster. This is proper like a Friday night ramble here. Um, no structure, no anything. We're just going to talk uh, crap about football. Well, as we usually do, just just with no with no structure. Um, and, and you know, like I say, Jack, just enjoy a nice wee beverage as well on a Friday night. Especially now I can go back in the sauce, so it's, it's all good. Yeah, I bet you've been missing that, haven't you, since you've been doing your run? You know what? Yes, and and then it sort of hit me. You know, I was out earlier on this week and it just actually destroyed me. Um, but it doesn't help when you go out to like two in the morning. But uh, it's, it's still getting the balance because it's like I'm not drinking for so long. You feel guilty doing it. But, How long were you at the source for? Well, I'm talking about it like I was off it for months. I was off it for like five, six weeks after that. <laughs> still a long time. It's a long time. Um. <laughs> But uh, it's, it actually made me feel better for it. But it's so difficult to like, drink in moderation. You know, do you know what I mean? I know. As soon as you go out for one, like, who goes out for one? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't go out for just one beer. Like If you go out for one, you go for two. If you go out for two, you go for about four. You know what I mean? Yeah, do you know, like, a, a beer's bad enough. It's when some bookers start coming in. That's when it's a bloody killer. Yeah, um, I'm, more of a, but- I'm more of a tequila guy. Do you know that's funny? Because not a lot of people I know can do both. I, I can't stand tequila. Uh, it just makes me throw up. But Sambuca's the best. Can you not do Sambuca at all? I don't mind it, but I don't like licorice. Mm. So right. I don't mind like one or two, but you know when it's like shot after shot after shot, then yeah, I'm KO'd. <laughs> so I, I think when I come down to London in July, we, like I should drink tequila, you drink Sambuca. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, we'll see what was there. You're home, I'm away. Well, no, I'll be at home. I'll be at home. You'll be at home. I'm always away down here. You know, wherever I am, I'm always away. So mm. <laughs> it's all good, mate. Anyway, so look, let's start talking crap about football then. And yeah. speaking of crap, one place to start is your team for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nervous. That's what, yeah, that's probably what we call ourselves for the last few years. Um, but yeah, now it's um, we've had this bit of optimism since Steve Cooper came in. Um, if you would have told us after the first few games of the season that we'd be in the playoffs now, it's like, God. Now, saying that we're so close, obviously, automatic as well. Bournemouth definitely deserved it on the night, so there's no business there. Um, I thought for the first half that we did really well, but say second half, they just went away with it. So fair play to Bournemouth. But yeah, it's a big game tomorrow. So obviously, recording this on the Friday before the playoff uh, between Forest and Sheffield United tomorrow. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Um, I hate... The last time at the playoffs was we lost at home after taking a, a, a lead into the game from Blackpool. And then DJ Campbell scored the winner, uh, which then Blackpool threw to Wembley, then threw to the Premier League. So, yeah, I'm slightly nervous about tomorrow's game. Yeah, I remember I remember that like it was yesterday, uh, that Blackpool playoff semi-final and unfortunately the final. Um but I mean, speaking of Forest, I mean, I've said to you before, I just think they'll bottle it. And I think Boston's going to be a bit harsh because they're doing a great run and against Bournemouth. They're very poor second half. But I don't know if you saw um, on Bournemouth on Twitter with Scott Parker's amazing halftime oh, speech, me, yeah. which is the most staged thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Horrific. Well, he's such a soft spoken guy. Like, how does that get your team riled up? Like, I get that he, got, he had that bit of anger in his voice, but come on now. That wasn't a... We've watched those clips of Neil Warnock doing his uh, half-time team talks. Exactly. God, that's... If Neil Warnock's probably like Premier League, Champions League level of team talk, that's still League Two there. Even with the music in the background, it still felt tame. It just felt like an Oscar performance. But look, I mean, if, I mean it seemed, to, it seemed to, to do the trick, and it definitely... Um, <laughs> scared your lot <laughs> yeah I mean that's the thing like second half they just set up way better than us um, they kind of learned from their first half um, they had much more of the ball we were pushing them for 
for the second half. I think if we are going to go, if we are going to rant in this episode, I do yeah. want to rant about the officials in the in the championship. Mm. Like they have just been awful this season, and they've been awful for a lot of seasons, and especially now when you get to these later big games, they're putting Premier League referees in charge of these games, and they're scared of making a decision. Normally, they've got VAR to back them up, so if they make a wrong decision, it can be overturned, or if they don't make a decision at all, VAR can obviously get involved. But they just show you, you've got a Premier League referee at the Bournemouth game, and then you've got an apology after the game about, oh, sorry, it wasn't offside and it wasn't, it, it should have been a penalty. Like, surely you've got to just create one standard of referees who just solely do the championship, who solely can make their own decision without having to go to TV cameras, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the Premier League referees are are crap anyway. Like, like, do you know what? It's not like they're bringing they're bringing them in because of status, um, which I hate because you've got the championship guys doing it the whole season. I mean, the championship guys are awful as well. I've um, I'm very cynical with it. Especially you know, being a Cardiff fan because it's like the whole England the Wales thing, and I especially and you probably agree with me here. I know Bournemouth aren't London, but you know when. Uh, like Forest play a London team or like Cardiff play a London team and it's not even like the big decisions it's, it's a little niggly 50-50 ones that's what really gets me in the championship because it's so like you know you know physical battles and it's like yeah. as soon as like you know your Harry Wilson's fall over a free kick but if you know Brennan Johnston fall, you know, falls over it's not it's not a foul or if um, for Cardiff I don't know, Max Waters falls down. It's not a foul. I mean, the, re- the referee is poor. Like in Scotland, it's shambolic. Premier yeah. League is a joke. I, I mean, the lights in the championship, I, I, there was one goal this season that West Brom scored against us and the guy was about five yards offside. It was just ridiculous. But in saying that, in the same game, they had a stonewall penalty that they didn't get. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, referees, you, you can, I, I guess the question is, Jack, how the hell do they get it better? Like, how, how, how can they improve it? Because it's just... It's and, uh, really that's the thing. It's like, I, I was a referee as a... My first job was actually being a referee, so I kind of sympathise there. But there's there's never that level of the training for referees wasn't great. Like you do a week or two of training, and then you get put out to ref, and then after four weeks of just refing on your own, then you're back getting assessed, and then you're refing again on your own. And the thing is, they don't really the the training's just not there to to educate you enough on the decisions you need to make. I mean, a lot of it is just common sense and you, you, you know what a foul is and you know what, you know what a corner is. And obviously you'll miss, you'll miss some things, obviously, and that's just human error. But it's just when you're on the, on the platform that these guys are on, they need some serious training just so they don't make these, these bad decisions. Like, they should be letting, they should just be letting people who've never worked with VAR Work in the championship and below, so there isn't that reliance on the on the on the technology. Because like even the Forest Swansea game, apparently the the referee looked back at a TV replay. Like how were they allowed to do that if there's if there's no VAR? I don't. I always think in these things, it's it helps. It's a, it always benefits the bigger side. I think the Premier League, you I mean, look at Man, you know, Man City against Everton, look at Liverpool when every game they play, even against us, I'm not com- just going to come back to Cardiff, goalkeeper should have got sent off for Liverpool, clear penalty for Cardiff and there was VAR, but no, because the referee gave it no, like, don't overturn it. It just, it, just, it just seems to, this always benefit the big teams and it's just, it's just down to bottle. But then you yeah. get some referees that try and be, it certainly happens in Scotland against Celtic Rangers in the odd occasion, they try and be big bollocks. Mm. I put a decision against him just for the sake of it. Um, but nah, I totally agree with you. It's probably a good round to start with. But the only problem with that is I've got no solution for it. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. That, that, it's just still down to training, I think. Just training and mm. and just being consistent as well. I think if you're consistent, it's okay. It's just You just see it often in games where the referee will just lose control. And you just... There's no way back then. And... Like you've got to sympathise with them. It is a it is a hard job, and it's a job that obviously they set out to do, probably to earn a bit of cash, and then they've got moved up the ladder, and so they kind of know how the process works. But I just think there just needs to be that consistency there. Mm. I mean, I mean, speaking of, of ranting, speaking of the championship, the one thing that just 
still getting on my tits is the fact is of the four teams that are in the playoffs and the quality of, of the division. The quality of the division the last few years has declined massively. And this season has just summed up completely with Fulham romping away with it, with the teams that we've got in the playoffs just now and the likes of Norwich doing so bad in the Premier League after walking the league last year. I just I don't know why the quality is getting so bad, but it's just getting worse and worse. Like I said, w- w- watching the Bluebirds every week, there's not one team that you go, wow, they are a good side. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like every time a team get relegated to, from the Premier League, you know the sort of players they're going to buy. And they're buying the quality players from lower championship clubs, which then allows them to, to then dominate. It's like, but then also... They're buying players from newly promoted clubs. Like the amount of signings that Bournemouth made in January on deadline day alone. Like you're getting Todd Campwell from Norwich. You've obviously got Kiefer Moore from New Boys. Like you're just buying players and then you're taking away that competitiveness from elsewhere. Well, also, the thing is that what's happened now is something that I think is really frustrating is when you look at, I'll use Carter as an example, get Ryan Giles first half of the season, he was with us. He'd been alone at Luton and Coventry, two teams fighting for the drops the year before. Um, he was at us for the first six months. Uh, well, actually, for a season on loan, but Wills could recall them. So Wills recalled them after six months. Nine assists, but, you know, unbelievable. Best player in our country, Mayo. And then they, they wanted to take a look at him, didn't play him. And then he goes to Blackburn because they're fighting for promotion and hardly really gets a look in just because yeah. they're a better prestige team. And it's like, you know, in the summer with Cody Drama and Tommy Doyle that they've got, they're going to end up going to higher clubs. But then you don't know because Cardiff could be in around the playoff mix, you know, this time next year. You never know. Um, mm. And then one of the high-end teams, like your Middlesbrough, they might end up going to, they could be easily bottom half. They just don't know. So I think it's unfair. I'd say it's, like, it's just all about status at the moment. It's quite frustrating. I mean, that just goes back to the like, fact that like, what is the solution of these things we're moaning about? It's like, what can change there so it doesn't happen? I mean, the only thing you can... Like, the thing, that's why FFP came in. And it doesn't look... And because these teams are like getting the parachute payments, it won't affect them. Whereas if Forrest or you guys... I don't know when your parachute payment stops. I don't know, is it two or three seasons? Or? Yeah, it's done now. Yeah, in the summer it's done, but but we're fucked anyway because we're paying everything to the courts anyway at the moment. So, yeah. you know, there just needs to be a better way of controlling it. It's like, as much as I've don't, I think Luton being in the playoffs, I think is a joke, but fair play to them, they've done it, they've got their, their style of play is not good. Um, they've been a whole team collective, I think that's you can say that they've been a whole team collective and they've worked, they've worked for it, not in the right Cameron football. Jerome, Cameron Jerome. Well, does he play for them, does he? Yeah. Really? I mean, I don't know how many games he's played for them, but he's, he's certainly played for them. Oh, wow. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I never even knew that. Kyle Cal- Smith. Terrible. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy. You lot are the best, like, I mean, Sheffield United are the best team on paper, squad-wise, but, like, you, but you lot like, deserve to be there, and, and you've done well. I'd actually love to see you guys up. The other three teams are boring. I guess listen for the story, but the other three teams are boring. Um, yeah, I mean, like Huddersfield, they would they would like probably relegation odds to to go down at the start of the season, and obviously they've they've turned it around. They've had a good season. It's another team though. It's another team that you, you watch them and you're like, ah. like the, the one thing about them, Danny Ward up front, brilliant signing for them. Because I think he was underused with us. Every time he came off the bench, he's had that movement and could score a goal. I don't actually know how well he's done. I know he scored the other week. But I say Danny Ward deserves a chance again. Uh, I, I think he's a very underrated player. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Forrest this, this season, that is why I just really want us to go up because we'll lose that. And we'll lose seven, eight players out of that oh, starting lineup if we don't go up. Um, Obviously, Jed Spence is, is your big one. Like, if we go up, he's kind of already said that he would prefer to go to Forest over any other team if Forest get promoted. Yeah. Um, go across our back line, Joe Worrell. I know he's a Forest lad and he's come through our academy, but he's probably due a move now. Um, I don't think it's good enough. I, I don't think it's good enough for Premier League if that's what you think. 
I, I, the thing is, he, he's probably your typical solid English defender, which you probably a lot of teams would probably need. I know West Ham have been linked with him. Brentford are always sniffing around that sort of player. I don't know if he'll stay for one more season at Forest if we don't get promoted. I know the next season will be competitive under Steve Cooper, but I don't know if Borough will stay. I don't think he's good enough. Um, I think he's too slow. I, I base this on the fact, I, I mean, a lot of it from seeing him playing Scotland. Um, I know he's a better player from what he showed up there, but mm. I I don't, I, th- I think at the moment maybe he's a big fish in a small pond. I don't think he would do it on the Premier League. I, I really don't. Um, I'd be surprised if he gets a Premier League move. I really would. But you see more of him than I do, but I don't rate him in that way. Um, I mean, I, here's a question. Obviously, I don't really follow him as much as you do. What What's the script with Scott McKenna? What, what's your opinion of him? Oh, he's been brilliant. He's been brilliant this season. He's just he's just a rock at the back. And um, I think he's probably had one bad game since Cooper's come in. Um, and I think that might have been that been the Cardiff game, to be fair. Um, he, he just does what you want your centre-back to do. He'll head the ball. He'll make the tackles at the right time. But then, like, his game now, is, he's, he's progressing with the ball up the field. And he's driving out from the back. Like, there's been a couple of times, like, you see him in, like, the left, left mid position, like, creating the chances forward. Like, he got a really good assist recently as well. Um, he's banging a couple of goals for us. And I do think that because he's not homegrown from, from Forest or maybe because even that he's, he's Scottish and not English, that he hasn't got the, he probably hasn't got the, the spotlight on, it, on him as much as, as much as Joe Worrell. Because if Joe Worrell makes the team of the season, then Scott McKenna should have been on par. Because that's how the, uh, the, both the players have been playing this season. Normally, I'd agree with you with that, with the Scottish player that's underrated, but McKenna's not a popular figure in Scotland. <laughs> he's, he's not a popular figure at all. But why um, is that? Just a bit of a lump. I, I I think when he was at Aberdeen, he was very highly rated. And I think a lot of it comes down to the bitterness as well of, of you know the fact that Rangers were coming back up and Aberdeen were like best of the rest sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but he was just a bit sluggish. Oh, he, he, he is, I don't know now, but he was overrated. Uh, he was overrated. I, I think I think they just expected too much of him. And when he was playing for Scotland, he, he sort of flowers to deceive a little bit. Um, but I do think, obviously, okay. with, if, if um, Tierney's out, which he looks like he will be for the up-and-coming games that Scotland have got, I think play him on, playing him in that position, I think he will probably do well for you this after the season he's had, I think he'll probably just go in with his stride. Yeah, I mean, you look at Scotland centre back, he's got Grant Hanley, who is the worst Premier League captain of all time. He is, he's just hands down the worst Premier League captain of all time. Um, you've got Liam Cooper, who is, is he not great, but he can have the all good game. To be honest, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm really not a fan of him, as you know, but Scott McTomley, I'd rather have him at centre back just so he's away from midfield. So he'd be like my only shooting at centre back for Scotland just to get him away from the ball. Um, yeah, but I mean, we're not blessed with centre halves. Jack Henry, maybe, maybe he's kind of getting a game from Bruges. I, I remember, I remember he had it last season against Keeper Moore, he bullied Keeper Moore, Scott McKenna. Yeah, he bullied them, but I, I'm just curious because he's obviously a player that I don't follow, um, and we don't don't hear much about him now from you know Scotland because down at Forest. But I'm sure if they go up, you'll. I know this we'll is probably been a lot of, a lot of people, but the original chant is probably his probably in most clubs is you never beat Des Walker. Yeah, Wes Morgan got that. No replacements. since Wes Morgan went to Leicester, and then McKenna's now got that chant. So. That probably shows how highly regarded he is at Forest. That he's got, mm. he's brought on that chant from Des Walker to Wes Morgan to to Scott McKenna. Now, like he's been, he he's definitely been our. If you would have said January, who was our player of the season, you probably would have said McKenna at that point. Obviously, now since we've like pushed on on the Cooper even more, obviously you've got your Johnsons, your Spence, Ryan Yates, James Garner. It'd be very hard to pick who Forrest's um, player of the season will be, mm. um, but again, it depends on it depends on how we get on tomorrow and how we get on on Tuesday. And 
say if we get to if we get to Wembley or not. Yeah, it'd be it'd be, it'd be nice for us to win also because it's Sheffield United. They've had their time. Not really that interested in seeing them back in the Premier League. But yeah, it really has to be Forest. A Forest Luton final would be good. At least it's someone new. That's that, that's what you would want. Which is why we know it's going to be Sheffield United versus Huddersfield. It's, it's that sort of season where everything's yeah. just sort of not going great. But that's that that's your team that's done well. Obviously, my main team's done shite. But my other team won the league on Wednesday night. Um, yeah. I, I can shout about it now because they've won. Um, I, I generally think it's, it sort of looked under the radar, especially down here because it's like old Scotland. And I think because Rangers get into the final of Europa League, it's really frustrating. But I think Ange Postacoglu, this this guy, you probably, you probably don't know much about him, but no, I, I think don't. he is. De- I think he is destined for 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 a top 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 job. He's just so impressive, that guy. I mean, I've seen that man say he'd been linked, you know, like keeping an eye on him and stuff. Yeah, but well, the thing is, when he got when he got appointed, I didn't really see from his CV, he didn't really think he'd done much before. And obviously, as you said, this season, he's I know you can kind of say he's either going to be a Celtic or Rangers who are going to win, but then like the, like the way you've won and the way you've you've set out and you've overcome how many points were you behind Rangers at the start of the season? Oh, I mean, there was a time we were like seven points behind, um, which was a lot when when you consider that the Rangers lost one game, second game of the season. They were unbeaten last year, so it was a lot. And literally, we've got we've now Celtic now gone like thirty-one games unbeaten. You know, they they did they lose or now they lost the first three away games, or they just didn't win the first three away games, or something like that. Do you think that's um, the focus of Europa League at the start of the season with Celtic? No, no, I'd say embedding the players. You look at their squad now, they've got a whole new team. So they're just getting new players in. Um, one, see, this is the thing, and um, this is where it's like the black mark in them, because, and I, and I don't blame the manager for this, really. Um, they're the first team in in history of European competition to be knocked out of three European competitions in one season. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah the Champions League qualifiers, Europa League group stage and that Euro conference stuff. It didn't help that they lost to that Bowden again Norwegian team the same uh, day that Rangers not at Borussia Dortmund. You know what I mean? Yeah. This. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a real difficult one because I think it's really unfair now because see, I'll in the league and everyone's a bit like big deal. Rangers are in Europa League, um, mm-hmm. whatever, and it's a shame because he's done he's done so well. He's done so well, but I, I think it's been a really good year for for, for Scottish football. It's getting back on the map. Um, well, I think you know, but well, I um, think that, that kind of always leads back to the debate we always have: where, how can, how can Scottish football now become better or more marketable, or what will get people watching Scottish football more? Um, I don't know. It, it, it comes down to, to to money, doesn't it? I mean. I don't know. I, it doesn't really matter who Celtic Rangers bring in player wise because it's, it's the other team. It's just not marketable. Um, even like the coverage is the coverage seems to go down in production value at Celtic Rangers games. It's not that big as much or uh, mm. about it in terms of like the build up um, as it used to be. It doesn't help to play four times a year as well. So it's yeah. like so the occasion is not as big as it should be. Yeah, and it's all it t- typically it's, it's normally five or six times a year when you put throwing cup competitions. Um, it's a, it's a difficult one to answer. I do think this season on paper that Aberdeen, the start of the year, brought in what I thought was better reputation players, you know, like Matty La- Longstaff of Newcastle. Yeah, um, yeah, he didn't, Harsh, last, he didn't even last till January. He lasted till January, didn't he? He's gone yeah, to he completely flawed. I mean, Aberdeen have had an awful season, finished tenth, finishing tenth, disaster. Um, the Hearts brought in a couple of good guys. I can't even say a couple of good guys. Can't even remember it, which I could. <laughs> they are, but I just felt at the start of the season there was a little bit more there, and obviously Rangers bringing in like Ramsey in January, Celtic bringing in Joe Hart, which I know Joe people might say about Joe Hart, but I actually think with Joe Hart and. Uh, you'll probably disagree with me, but I've made this point to a few of the guys at work. Mm. I think, no, I think I he should be England's third choice keeper at the World Cup. No question. Don't, no way should he be anywhere near that team like to, to play, but for experience, he's won a league, he's got himself back, you know, back on track, a leader. He's mm. got, in my opinion, he's got to go. He's going to be playing Champions League football next season. Yeah, well, the thing is, I think if he got, if he got a good move when 
Guardiola decided it wasn't he wasn't his keeper, and he didn't do the Torino route, then I I think that he he would still be playing for a good side. I'm not saying that obviously Solskjaer can't, but he would be playing for a top ten English side now. But I think just because of the way his career went, I think that that's the thing. Is like you even I know we always talk about him here, but when Ben, like on ben Foster's podcast, he said that Joe Hart's the best goalkeeper he's played with, and and even at thirty five now, he's still a prime goalkeeper. So he could be doing better than Celtic, but it just shows that he's he's still playing at a, now a top leveling obviously in Scotland and for a big club in Celtic. So. I think he's he definitely should be thrown into that England keeper debate for sure. I mean, because obviously the black market Scottish football is just, it's a two horse race. And I brought this up last time, and it's just it's just the other thing that's just bugging me right now is this whole the aura with Man City and Liverpool. I just find it really boring, and I think for Man City the other night to win five one against Wolves, a team in the top half who don't concede goals. Mm. And Man City without really getting out of second gear are just taking the piss. Yeah, I just said I, I I generally think in terms of like that, that competitiveness, it's completely going out of the Premier League now. Completely yeah. going, and it's just going to get worse with Haaland coming in the summer. It's just it's just all this like money now. I, I think the Premier League's getting worse and worse. I, I I I don't know if you agree with me, Jack, but it's just watching that. It's so disheartening when you're like we're a bit of back and forth, a tight game, you know, sneak a two-one win or something like that, but they're just r- romping away with it. That's why I enjoyed the North London derby so much last night, because it's you got two teams fighting for fourth with their rivalry, and you just showed Spurs show what it meant to those players. Like Sun was pretty much crying when he came off because he couldn't stay on to try and beat Salah's to the Golden Boot. So it just shows that it just needs to be more competitive. Uh, comp- yeah, you know what I'm saying. There until like. To the to Liverpool and, and Man City, it's like Chelsea were doing all right, and then they kind of slipped off the boil. I know they had a couple of good results um, this week, but well, I don't know. They drew to Wolves, didn't they, the weekend? Um, <laughs> but say so obviously, beat it Wolves. but yeah, it just it just shows it's like who's Liverpool will go and sign somebody in the summer, which will probably make them a bit more competitive again. Chelsea, you don't even know what's going on with Chelsea at the moment. No. No, you don't know when they'll be able to sign players, if they'll be able to sign players this this summer. We kind of spoke on the last pod about Manchester United and whether they'll be where whereabouts will they be fighting for next season. Um, but I do think if if Arsenal assemble a squad, I think they'll be they won't be competing with with uh with Man City and Liverpool, but they'll definitely be in with a good chance with like your Chelsea's next season. Like, if Jesus goes there, I think that would be a massive signing for them. I think my bugbear is more with the other teams. You know, apart from Crystal Palace, no one's really... It's, they've just sort of rolled over a little bit. I mean, I know Everton... Well, I mean, Everton sort of gave them a game against City, but I just think it's it's just too easy. And the thing is, they don't get the first goal. You don't know what Man City Liverpool are like when they go a goal behind, really, against mm. like these sort of teams, because it doesn't happen. You can you can credit them, but it's just it is literally like Scottish football in that way, where it's like you're you're like you know really they're just really hoping you know, but it's not going to happen, and it's a sort of it definitely feels that way this season. I generally think the Premier League is is not that entertaining. The top four races have been good, the relegation race has been good, but I think now Leeds look like they're going to just go off now. I think. I, kind of, um, I think with that though, it's kind of now you've got. I think what makes it interesting is that Arsenal are now playing Newcastle and Everton. Yeah. Um, and then Spurs are playing Burnley and Norwich. Burnley and Norwich, yeah. So both Arsenal and Spurs have got two big games against sides who need to pick up the points. So. I think there'll be two big games to watch now. I think there'll be there'll be interesting games because you've got Burnley who will try and shit out their way to a one 0 win, and then Everton if they're if they haven't picked up points the next game against Arsenal they will be fighting for their lives. But then at the same time, you've got Arsenal who want to secure the top the top four. So at least we've got that bit of interest there. 
Yeah, I think I think Arsenal will probably. I can see them slipping up against Newcastle just because I know Newcastle have been in bad form, but it's the last home game of the season. Um, and I, Arsenal typically do well there, um, the last few years at least. But I think that I can see Newcastle winning that one. Um, yeah, but Tottenham. So the occasion, know. the occasion definitely got to Arsenal yesterday. Um, like. Rob Holding, what was I don't know if you did you watch the game or did you see anything? Do you know what? I I didn't I watched the first 10 minutes of it and Arsenal pretty dominant with the ball. And then I came back and came back and it was 2 0 when they were down to 10 men. So I thought, right, I'm just gonna watch the darts instead because there's, there's no way they're coming back. Yeah, but, but, but I heard I heard it was two stupid yellows. Yeah, I mean so I have watched it in a in a Spurs pub in Tottenham. Um really good atmosphere in there, to be fair. Some great, great Sol Campbell chants, which I enjoyed. Um, I guess you can't repeat them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Rob, as soon as Rob Holden, he literally got his son would just pissed him off, and then from then on, every challenge was a foul. And then all three of the challenges he Holden made on Son were all booked with offences. He was lucky to get away with the first one, got booked for the second one, and then I don't even know what he was doing for that third one. It's such a stupid thing to do. Like, just stand your ground. You don't need to be tussling. And so they've only got themselves to blame for yesterday. And then that's the thing. They never recovered from they never recovered from the sending off, which was in a derby. You don't want to be down to 10 men. Let, let me ask you, because um, I see I saw, I saw on Twitter after after the game, um wanted to see if I was above six followers, which I'm still not. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> not looking for the much effort with it. But uh, Instagram's a lot better. I've got 200, so that's, that's, that's a lot better. Um, Martin Tyler was trending. And it's something I've seen a lot of the last couple of years, but more this season. And I don't know if it's just people just crapping on for the sake of it, but they were having a real go with Martin Tyler and Gary Neville last night. I mean, I... Don't know if, if if you caught that or have, have any opinion on it because it seems we get a lot of heat on them this season. Um, well, I, I couldn't really hear the commentary last night to be fair because uh, you're in the pub, weren't you? The pub was that was that Rams, but I don't know. I kind of say I think Martin, Martin Tyler is he's obviously he's your, he's Mister he's he's what who you want on your commentary when you when you play. He's Obviously, the iconic moments he's made, and I, and I actually think that Gary Neville is actually one of the less biased pundits. I think obviously he's always going to talk about United, but the way he's been talking at the moment, he's a bit more. He talks about the solutions for Manchester United and doesn't go, "Oh, they're Manchester." Like I love Roy Keane as a player, as a pundit, I find him amusing. But again, like as we were saying in the last pod, it is very much Manchester United heavy. And his opinion on a lot of other stuff doesn't really go away from Manchester United. It's pretty similar with Carragher. When he does the Liverpool commentary, he's very biased towards Liverpool. Um, I don't know. It's like you kind of you want them on the commentary team, don't you? Just for the fact that they are the legends of that club. But it is getting a bit. It, it does get a bit biased now. Like it's, it's like last like in the the punditry team yesterday in the studio was Redknapp. Robbie Keane and Theo Walcott. It's like the three, I wouldn't call Redknapp a Spurs legend. Robbie Keane, I definitely would. But and then Theo Walcott, I just found that a bit of a, a weird dynamic in the in the studio. Yeah, I definitely need to shake up pundit wise because it's, it's always the same. I think Mika Richards is good only for the, the reason that he's a man city, so someone a bit different, um, which is why I totally realize what's good just because of the team that he's come from. Uh, it is very, well, we've talked about this before, very bad United Liverpool heavy with it. Um, well, that's like, yeah, I, 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 I kind of do prefer BT's coverage in, in a way because it's say you've got Crouch as a bit of humour with his punditry and and say, like, a lot of people hate, don't really like Savage, but they're just all, they're all characters. They've been journeymen at different clubs as well. So they're not really set on one team. They can give a, get a bit more of an impact. Whereas, obviously, with Sky, they've got, pundits who are just one team heavy do you know what I mean so they're always going to have that that biased opinion um, the best the best commentator first commentator I know is Peter Jury it's Peter Jury oh I thought so I'm on about the play next to him um, oh no Peter Jury is the best 
He's the best. I, 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 I don't know. I was listening to his coverage compared to Martin Tyler's after Real Madrid, Man City. Just the words he used, the just the enthusiasm. Always remember Rangers, um, Fiorentina, 2008 semi-final Europa League. Only uh, a cup it was there. Natural Novo scores the penalty, sends keep it the wrong way, and he just goes, "Rangers are coming." And it was just, I don't know. I, I just think it was. He's just got that voice. He's just got that voice. Very, very underappreciated one. Who, who are you going to say for the for the color commentator there? <laughs> Ali McCoist. Oh, of course. Oh, Peter Jr. Alan McCoy to be d- dynamic, you know. Everyone loves Alan McCoy. Even me being a Celtic man, I love Alan McCoy. Like, he's brilliant. You know, that's the thing. He's, he's done like the Premier League coverage on um, on Amazon when Amazon have games. And it's uh, just the way he's... It's, it's, it's just not like you're listening to a former player. It's like you've got a bloke from the stands just no, giving you a bit... Brilliant, mate. Just giving you a bit of banter, having his opinion on it. Like you saw him after the, the, the Rangers game. He's, he's there to do a bit of punditry. He's too busy celebrating with the crowd to even get to speak to. He's probably, I mean, in all firm games, testament to him because he makes it. He's so he's actually very neutral. But he'll, he'll just be like, Alan McGregor makes you safe. He'll be like, boys, I don't know how you say it now. What save? Like, literally, just so conversational. But, yeah, oh, he's different class. He's, he's very good. And he, he worked for Sky for a bit. He did the Soccer Saturday for a little bit as well. Um, I just remember yeah, the question of sport as well. That's like when question of sport was good. Yeah, with um, Matt Matt Dawson or yeah, Frankie Tory. I think Phil Tufnell did a good job when he came in, but the shit it was fucking wank now. Who's who, who's the? I know it's Paddy McGuinness. Who's the who's the captain? Sam Quick and is it Ozzy? Is, o- is it Ozzy? What's his name? The rugby player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's wank. Is it? Yeah, what it? <laughs> but that's the thing. Like you look at you look at all these things now. Um, soccer AM isn't what Soccer AM used to be. Yeah, Soccer sure. Saturday isn't what Soccer Saturday used to be. Yeah, they're, right. They're just messing with these formats now. Like I used to love waking up on a Saturday, Soccer AM with uh, I know it used to be what Lovejoy and and uh, Helen Chamberlain. Chamberlain. Uh, Chamberlain, yeah, and then um, and then what the other guy came in, Max Rushton as well. He was alright. between them all, I just used to love it, but now, like Fenners and Bullard, it's just not the same. I'm not really into the whole lad, lad, lad culture, trying to be a big lad thing, and it just doesn't really work. It's very forced, especially if you've got a four-year-old guy wearing like, really tight jeans and trying to be like, hip and like Fenners. It's just it's not funny. Um, yeah. And the guests are a bit shit. Yeah, it's, it's rubbish. And, and so soccer side is dying to death now, unfortunately. I know um, that's the thing. It's like I don't know why they got rid of Letitia and I know Merson still does it, but I just like why are you changing a formula that works? Yeah, Letitia could understand it a bit because he, he sort of become controversial for some random reason. <laughs> now comes out of all these like statements, like COVID or everything. Now he's like turned into sort of these like. Dickhead guys that know everyone's like, oh, I hate him, I hate him. Um, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Just, I mean, and the thing is, for keeping merit on, just because basically it's positive, positive discrimination. They kept merit on just because of his, of his battles, and it's a good ambassador because he's had battles, which is positive discrimination, really. Um, and it, 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 I do like merit, but if you're getting rid of all of them, you should have got rid of merit as well. Yeah, I mean. Like, like, luckily, I'm always at the. I'm, I'm either watching Forest or I'm, I'm out. So I'm just getting updates on my phone. So I don't really watch it that often. But not anymore. But like, say we've got what, Chris Tim Boyd, Quentin Morrison, and who so wants to watch be- fucking Chris Boyd? Like, who wants to watch Chris Boyd? Chris Boyd yeah. is a fucking donut. Like, honestly, God, like he's never played in the Prem for a start. It's a Premier League show, more or less. Why is he on it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, and then it's like, and then it's like when they that's the other thing, like pundit wise, when they're talking to um, they do like the, the show on Sky Sports during the week on Sky Sports News, and they're saying that Stephen Warnock's the tactical expert. <laughs> oh, how the fuck is Stephen Warnock the tactical expert? <laughs> What's your thoughts on like these YouTube guys appearing on Sky Sports News? So you see, like, um, I, I used to watch a lot of the, of the United Stand with Mark Goldbridge, and uh, 
when 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 I really watch is when that flex was on it. He's he's now broken up and he does the United U now. But flex like comes on and, and does Sky Sports News, and you got all these guys from YouTube channels. I mean, journalists now. Like I mean, what what, what do you make of that? I understand it when they do like the social aspect of things. Um, so I know they do like the the football social show and yeah, that's fine and stuff like yeah. that. But I mean, it's just like the quality of journalism just going. It's it is turning to social media. That's the thing. It's like there's no Sky Sports aren't getting the aren't getting the sources these days, and it's obviously. Um, it's all you just see it all on Twitter from obviously uh, for Richard um, Romano and and people Here like we that. Go. So it, it's just say it's it's the thing is the world is now social media dominated. It's it's YouTube dominated. Like if I can't find anything to watch on telly, I go straight to YouTube now and watch something on YouTube. So you can see it, and I think that's the way that's the way the work that is is going. I can I can't I can't see like Sky Sports News being a channel for. For, for long before it goes just online because that's how people are watching stuff these days. It's mad. I mean, I think with football, I actually, n- not even football, but it's just, it's just getting absolutely wild. I put a couple of comments out at Cardiff and let's get your Scottish see you next Tuesday and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, right, okay. I say, fine. But it's just mad. It's over football. But also, what if I, I don't know if you're, if you're into Marvel at all, but I, went, you know, I don't know if you're into it, but I went to see that, that Doctor Strange film. Mm. Um, massive hype about it. I'm a massive Marvel nerd. Everything that's going on, and the film was dog shit. Really, in my opinion, it was a bit dog shit. Very sort of mixed reviews of it. <laughs> the amount of abuse online and stuff, and you get into debates with people, and you're like, I don't even know you. Why, why, why am I doing this? Why am I wasting my energy going back and forth with you, seeing this like a film and out and talking about plots and storylines and stuff like that? I'm thinking, yeah. what a sad bastard I am. Well, that's the thing. It's just so easy to get into it. It's like the thing is like it takes. It doesn't take much for somebody to nibble, and then when as soon as they nibble, when you get, then that's the thing. You just attract yourself into this pointless debate that isn't worth debating. And um, that's the thing. It's like the most of the time, it's like you're arguing, like arguing within your own your own fan base. It's like I'm there having an argument with a Forest fan about who should get tickets to what game or somebody calling me a sad bastard because I tweeted that I missed the goal because I went down on 34 to get the pints in half time it's mad isn't it? it is mad it's like I think that's just culture it's just, it's just hate on hate just now isn't it it's just absolutely hate on hate um, yeah, it's mad um, I even like saw when I was at when I was in Liverpool fucking like, when Everton were playing Leeds a little while ago to get the train back and then Leeds fans was fighting with each other just because Someone wanted BLC and someone wanted BLC out of the time. It was as simple as that. So the trade just beat each yeah. other up, and you're like, all right, you know, this is culture, isn't it? Yeah. Should we, um, I think, should we turn the, the chat away from rants now? Um, yeah. Oh, that's my Siri. Oh. Um, Siri wants to get involved in the chat. Um, what is your match day routine? So, what, so what do you do on a match day? Then you go to watch the game live. Oh, right. So for, for me, it's always away games at the moment. So when it's away games, it's it's a heavy day. So it's um, get up. If we go for a three o'clock kickoff, let's say get up. Probably start, go to spins maybe about 10, get a few pints in. Yeah. Um. Wind everyone up. I, I'm definitely a little way. I didn't realise this. I'm actually a really big way. Wind up, merchant, proper shit house guy. Um, like so, just wind people up. Go to the train station. Got my car at the top. Start to start chat, chatting shite to the home fans. I, I, I seem to get away with it because I'm Scottish, and then you, you just laugh after everything that you say. Just you know, go to spoons, and then then you end up going to Tesco's and get some wee G and G and T's cans. Maybe about yeah. four or five of them. Do no, that. If there's a Mackey's nearby. You've got you've got to go to Mackey's. You've got to go to Mackey's um, before, uh, and then after that, go to the Lidl across the road, pick up another couple of cans, and then you make sure to go for a piss before the game, and then have a pint just before 
watch the first half, leave after uh, about 35 minutes because it's a shy game anyway and knowing Cardiff they don't score anyway in the first half. So it's fine, get the pints in. And the second half you might see them score and then fuck the game up anyway. And then come back and paint the town red. <laughs> or blue in your case. Oh yeah, blue blue with tears. <laughs> yeah, what what about yourself? Especially for, especially for a home game. That was me talking for a away game. Um, I the thing is, I think football for me is like I I couldn't really care what what division Forest are in. Like the day out itself is what I love. Um, so we normally we get picked up about half twelve, twelve half twelve. Um. One of the lads picks us up, drives us to his house. He lives near the ground, so he can dump his car off there. Um, and then, yeah, half 12, one o'clock in the pub. Norm, set up a tab behind the bar. There's about at least four or five before the game. Um, lately, one of the guys who we go with, he, he fucked up his, his back's fucked, so he can't walk to the ground. So now we're like drinking up until about half an hour before kickoff and jumping in a taxi. Getting us to the getting us to the ground. Sometimes we're there about 15 minutes before. Um, we'll get another another quick one in. Um, and then yeah, obviously you go for you have to go for your pre-match piss. Um, and then yeah, first half, it's my it's always my duty to go down on 34 and to get the beers in. It's always my round at, at 34. Um, and then yeah, you, you half-time beer and then win or lose on the booze after the game. Um Forest is right next to Trent Bridge Cricket Ground, and they've got like a pub on the grounds of Trent Bridge. Oh, nice. So straight in there, um, and then yeah, you can end up. Sometimes we end up, in, up there talking shite until gone ten o'clock at night. Sometimes we've got plans. Sometimes we go for a curry afterwards. It's just a day out. I love the day out for for football. It's such a good occasion. Yeah. So you just you know, like especially being a season ticket holder, like you, you know who you're going to see when you walk through the turnstiles. You know you can have. Dan over there talking about his fish and chips, and then you've got my dad, who's going to know about we play my my play we play bingo with my dad on the way to the ground, and how many people he's going to say hello to on the way in. Nice, because um, yeah, like I've been a season ticket holder for ten years now, which has actually gone incredibly fast. Oh, Saying I've lived in London that, for three years uh, as well. Yeah, is, is that a pain? Is that a pain to to get down? Um, or go up? It's it's one direct train, so it's not too bad. But you just get fed up with travelling on a like a Friday and a Sunday or a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, so it's like, especially on a Sunday evening, that you know that you you're going to be travelling home at like five o'clock, not getting back into London until eight. So that's that's probably the biggest ball ache of it because I I stay in in Nottingham for the weekend. But mm. say this season when Forest have been winning. We haven't lost at home. I don't think we've lost at home since. Well, I know we lost against Liverpool, but that's obviously the FA Cup. But we haven't lost at home this this year, I don't think. Um, so when you're leaving the ground buzzing, then it makes the journey worth it. And it makes the money you spent on trains worth it. Do you know what I mean? But like, so in all your years supporting Forest, I'm not saying that what's the best game, what's the best moment. You've ever had at a forest game? Oh fuck! Best <laughs> moment. Um, that's such a hard question. The best I can answer my best game. Um, okay. And that was away at Derby when we beat them two-one. Um, ben Osborne in the ninety-third minute winner. Um, we had Stuart Pearce as our manager at that time as well. Oof. Um. So that was that was incredible, um, but I think probably the it's just when something happens in the crowd or you know what I mean. It's like you know when you've got somebody around you. It's like there's this guy behind us at the moment. He's dead into his snuff or snus. You know the thing you like the tobacco thing that you put up your nose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so the last few games he's been offering it to us. So I was like, oh, I want a bit of this. Well, I fucking we'll just have a little. We'll have a we'll have a bit. And he goes, oh, that's a nice drop there, and it's a nice drop there. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, he literally had his tin open. And um, <laughs> and then a, we scored. And literally just, 
<laughs> cloud of orange fucking brownie powder just covering us all. I was like, it's all right, lads. We've got another four tins at home. <laughs> oh, man, brilliant. So it's just like, it's like when shit like happens like that. It's like, you always yeah. got your characters in the ground. And like, you know, like when you can try and like get a sneaky picture with one of them or you do something like that. And just, yeah, it's just the, cam- the camaraderie is just great. Nice. What about you? I'm going to get a, well, I'm I mean, a drink whilst you talk. So I am listening. No, that's all right. Yeah, I just felt it off. My. My memories probably wouldn't be with Cardiff any more going to like lower league Scotland games anyway. Um, yeah. That's where it's most fun. Um, it's hard to know. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, Scottish league games. Oh, okay. I've actually never been. Funny enough, I, I've never, not funny enough, I've never been to a Scotland game. I've never been to a Scotland game in my life. Um, as a birthday present, I'm meant to be getting the Tartan Army membership, but I don't think they're as happening right now. So hopefully I can just get the money instead. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But actually, I'd, like, I'd love to do an away trip with them. But uh, no, so I've been like, I mean, the, the best moment, I don't think I can do it justice, is um, was at Airdrieonians versus uh, Rafe Rovers. Um, my flatmate, my good friend Greg, I'm going to call him out. Yeah, even though he's probably no way he's listening to this. He's in Malaysia. I'm probably shagging about. I don't know what the fuck he's shagging over there. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, so this is a couple of years ago now. We went to, to see Rafe Rovers play Airdrie and uh, Rafe Rovers scored. And then uh, the big man, we were absolutely pissed. And big man celebrating it, giving it the whole two fingers, F you, middle fingers up at everyone. And then we were right in the back and behind was at the glass of all the under 12s team. All the, all, all the youth team so then Craig's just giving it the whole get around you fuck you to all these 12 year olds through the glass and then um, listen, then the coaches stand up from there and start giving him like just that evil stare and he's just like he's just, he's just still going and then, and then we're walking out the ground after the game and then all these like 11 year old boys just like pointing at Greg like that's the guy that's the guy and, he, and he's just like wait get around you because we won um, definitely it had to be their moment sort of thing but I, I would say that's um, probably like, like my favourite moment I, I, th- I think it's mad especially like, like Scottish leagues like that um, Scottish people are absolutely mental um, but uh, Cardiff wise just seeing them beat Leeds at home uh, I've never been to that, to, to that one home game um, which was great it's more away games but it was the first time I could go with my grandpa so that's a, that's a special yeah. Special night and lead. Le- it was um, the year we, we got up, but Leeds had won the first five games or something like that. And um, yeah, we beat them three one. Saw Bamba played in the number six and uh, was playing like Beckenbauer, just pinging it. And uh, and then I got to meet him after the game, so so got to meet my hero. He was wearing his flip flops, and uh, mm. my mum was just complimenting his fancy feet. Mm. And uh, I was just, I just love him, really just mm. love him. So. Yeah, I probably say that that's that's the best card advice. Yeah, like I've always kind of said though, like um, <clears throat> I'd always one of my dream games to go to is the Old Firm Derby. Mm. I'd, uh, I'd love to go to that. Like I've I come from an Irish background, so we all obviously follow Celtic. Um, I'm not really in touch with it at the moment. Um, so I'd say I don't really know too much about how say how Celtic get on. But you've always got that soft spot for Celtic being uh, being an Irishman. Um, yeah. What would you say your what's your kind of dream game to go to? Because I'd like also I'd like to go to like a like a Turkish derby or or like an like a Milan derby or something like that. You know, somewhere we've got like passionate fans abroad. Like, I think a game in Turkey would just be unbelievable. I think going to go to Dortmund and sit in the wall. Uh, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, I, I mean, if I I went to uh, to lose Paris Saint game. And the atmosphere was brilliant. Um, you know, Toulouse were like bottom of the table and Paris Saint-Germain were obviously walking away with it. But the atmosphere was great. And I'm thinking if that's the French League, imagine what Dortmund's like in front of that wall. I think that'd be unbelievable to, to yeah. do that. Maybe if it was safe enough for River play Boca. But I mm. think it's a bit dodgy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, do you know what? I'd probably see Dortmund in the wall. A big game against Munich or something like that. Mm. That'd probably do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I kind of do think say I'd love to go to a, a an old firm. Um, I quite like if I if I kind of have like the the finances in the future to kind of like just tick off derbies. 
Um, so I'd love yeah, to if you do it in the chat, we should do it in this. We yeah. should just like, yeah. So I'd love to go to the Merseyside derby, uh, North London derby. Um, because that's the thing, like when you're like, I've, have you been to a Cardiff Swansea game or? Nah, nah, it's it's not something that it's not something that I'm particularly fussed in going to, just because but it's one in Wales and two. We always get battered at the moment, <laughs> so it's just, it's just not worth, it's just not oh, worth the trip. Like, uh, yeah. Forest Derby is like such a good occasion. Like that's the thing yeah. with obviously Derby going down now. That's what. Annoys like that's what's disappointing. Like if, if we stay in the championship next season, then we don't have that derby. Like Forest Leicester, that was great when we played them this season. The atmosphere there was great. Leeds has always been a great game for us as well. Um, Leeds is a great game. Leeds, I think Leeds, everyone's a great game. Leeds United, I mean, I, I wasn't out of the game, but the, t- the city was absolutely jumping, just jumping. Yeah, so my, my first away game I went to was Leicester. And then the first away game that I ever went to on my own with just a friend, like unsupervised, without an adult, was Leeds. Um, and we were on the way to Leeds, and then we got a the, the driver was like, Right, don't do anything out the window because we the last time I came here, we had a brick through the window. We're not paying for this fucking coach to be fixed. Um, and we ended up winning the game. And then the they've got a big car park next to the ground at Leeds. Obviously, I've, obviously you know, where the old training pictures used to be. Yeah. Um, and there's like some stairs going up and we just won. And um, in front of all the Leeds fans walking for us, I was like, you Reds! I don't know, people fucking throwing shit at me. Fucking got dragged away by police. I was like, fuck me, I'm loving life. I think, I think for me, like, being a car fan, that's the best thing when being a car fan is you can just walk down the street and just go, Bluebirds! And then let's just chant that. Wherever you go, it's the best chant. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I, th- I think next season to go to Swansea, especially in the away game. I'd rather go to the away game than the, than, than the home game. Um, probably something to do the bucket list. Because, uh, again, you know, like the fact that you know, people who, who are actually listening to this will be like, oh, not a true fan to go, but it's like... Fuck you! I don't have the money to do that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I can, I can, you know, doesn't make me not, 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 not a true fan. I'm just not a supporter. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference. Yeah, I know, that's uh, the thing. Like, yeah. You, you do see that debate quite a lot. Whereas people going, oh, yeah, you're not a true, you're not a true fan if you don't do this. You got, you don't do that. But at the end of the day, as long as you're supporting, a, if you're supporting a club yeah. and you're, you're interested, and say so it's, it's not cheap to go and watch football. It's, it's really not. It's like, mm-hmm. I think that it should be twenty quid for a ticket everywhere. Really. I think if you caps it at a price which is reasonable for everybody, then you get a lot, a lot of stadiums will actually fill their stadiums. And like Forest, we've been lucky that we've say we've sold out every game recently. But like you see, you see like Blackburn and, and teams like that, even obviously Cardiff as well. Like they, they got the whole upper tier is just non-existent. So like you, you do think if you lowered your prices, you get more people in, you get more people supporting your club, bring the community in a bit more. And you'd probably get you'd probably get bigger bigger crowds and probably better results. When you got, a, I think that's like the, we definitely help Forest performances. Like when we were in we were in the playoffs just before COVID hit, I think we were in third. And then as soon as the league resumed, um, to behind the behind closed doors, we were we just couldn't we just couldn't recover our form. And I know you can say, oh, it's a time off, but we just couldn't get going again. So you, our fans do create a good, they do create the, the team bond. I mean, it's such a difference having fans, especially like after you know, when you saw COVID there. It was just like ridiculous. Um, I want to finish off with one question. It's a two-part question. Because we've literally just rambled on a top, top absolute shite. <laughs> but anyway. You think anyone's you enjoyed this episode? Oh uh, man, I don't give a, I don't care. <laughs> like, hopefully, I, th- I, th- I think there was there was a couple of good nuggets in there. I think, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's a Friday night ramble. I mean, come on. I mean, do you know what I mean? Cut some slack. But I, I want to finish this two part question. The oh. live games you've been to. Who's the best player you've seen live? Like best player in stature. Who's the best footballer you've seen? And who's the what's the worst performance you've seen by an individual player? Could be a forest player, could be an opposition in a live um, game. I've got to say Ronaldo is the best player I've seen live. 
Um, oh, nice. I've managed to see him twice. Um, I saw him first time around at United play by Munich. So obviously that game was full of was full of superstars um, in the Champions League. And then I saw him play recently last season, play Spurs. Um, so yeah, I've got, I've got to say Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, like I've seen, I've seen Spurs play a couple of times. So like Kane, Son. Mm. Um, obviously Liverpool coming to Forest this season, so you got to see like Van Dykes and 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 that thing. But I'd say yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo for sure. And especially he scored in that in that Spurs game. I think out of he's he's probably I, I know there's a big Ronaldo Messi debate, but for me it's Ronaldo and. Yeah, to see that guy score and play live, it's yeah, you can't beat it. Um, going on to the worst player, fuck. It's a difficult um, one. It's a difficult one. That. Um, I mean, that Forest has been. You can. Oh, I think the worst player I've seen recently for for Forest has been Gate Lambong. Lambong, mammy, when he played for Wigan, loved him. Has he been? Was he dreadful? Oh, he was awful, awful. Um, yeah, and then there's always one player for Forest. His name was Nicholas Dimitru. goalkeeper. He, no, he came from he came from Napoli on loan, oh. and he was just fucking woeful. I don't know where he is. Where he is now, um, but I think he, he he got to a point where he got booed coming on. And he was just dreadful, man. He was just the people behind me. Fuck this, fucking number twelve. Get that fucker off! And oh, it's just, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen some, I've seen some shit for Forest. Um, but I'd say, yeah, Bong or Dimitru were my two, my two joint worst players. Nice. But yeah, go on. Who, who are you gonna say? Are you gonna say Messi now? Are you gonna say, uh, or, or nah. are you gonna say uh, Keeper more? Do you, know, do you know what? Every time I've seen Keith Miller live, he's been absolutely dreadful. He's the best looking player I've ever seen play on the pitch, is uh, Kiefer. Um, I don't know, I'll probably have to say, I'll probably have to say Zlatan. Zlatan, he was here, but it's probably. Um, what club was that at? Yeah, PSG. Basically, referring back to the Lose PSG game, he has to score the winner. I'm trying to think of that team, who, who else would have been there? Like Di Maria, Thiago Silva. Uh, I think it's Zlatan. Yeah, Verratti. I think it's Zlatan. Yeah, Verratti. Um, yeah, I'd probably say Zlatan. I can't really think. Um, I don't want really to go and see high-quality games. So, so I, I probably... I'm just yeah, trying to think. Looking great player to see live. Yeah, oh, I, I filmed him the whole first half. I was, actually my phone. I was in all of them. Actually in all of them. He's a, he's a man mountain. Um Oh, I just—I mean, I love Zlatan. Just the arrogance about him, but I think he pulls off in just a way that I don't hate him. Um, probably say him. Worst player by a country mile is Andreas Cornelius, the striker that we signed for like eight million in twenty thirteen. Every yeah. shot in the warm up went to Rose Ed. Like, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Oh my god, and he, he looked overweight. He was slow. He's touch of a donkey. And that was against Bolton, who were in the Championship, and we were in the Premier League at the time in the FA Cup. Um, and Bolton were obviously going in their decline, uh, financial, they were financial decline. So it was like unbelievably bad. Yeah. <laughs> hands down, hands down, the worst player I've ever seen. And that says something because there's there's a lot of rubbish um, that I have seen. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to post that to you. Yeah. Well, as we as we speak now, it's still one-one in the. In the losing Huddersfield game, so it looks like that one's going to be going to going to uh, the John Smith Stadium on Monday, um, and yeah, we'll just see how say we'll see how Forest get on tomorrow in their playoffs against Sheffield United. Um, Good luck, mate. Good luck anyway, because uh, root for the Forest win. Yeah, I am nervous. I am nervous. Um, but yeah, so just picking out the, the say the, the games before, because obviously we've got the we'll have the pod coming next week. FA Cup final tomorrow, obviously. Oh, um, shit, were we, were we meant to preview that? Was that part of the, <laughs> was that on the agenda? Um, <laughs> I don't think we really had an agenda, did we, really? Um, no. Um, but if you listen to this, then you actually do listen weekly. Um, so in the next episode, I'm sure Luke will be talking to us um, regarding Chelsea-Liverpool. Do you have any predictions for that one, Aaron? 
Ooh, I'm gonna go for Liverpool. Um, yeah, I'll go for Liverpool. I'll go for Liverpool. Two one. Yeah, I think I think Liverpool will snatch it. I think if they if they're not if they're not gonna win the the Premier League, I think they'll try and get all the cups. Um, so yeah, definitely. There's no I don't think there's any there's no Premier League tomorrow, is there? No, no Premier League tomorrow. No. Um, but there is on. There is on Sunday, so I'm sure we'll be talking about Spurs, Burnley, Villa Palace, Leeds, Brighton, Watford, Leicester, West Ham, Man City, Wolves, Norwich, Everton, Brentford. So, full Sunday, full Sunday of football. Full Sunday football, I've got nothing on, so that's probably just the rest When you're of hanging out your arse on Sunday, you've got a whole day of football to watch. Do you know what, but, that, but that's like the dream Sunday, isn't it? That really is a dream Sunday. Yeah, it is. It is. You can just wallow in self-pity watching the football. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and then obviously it's um, when's the Rangers Cup final? Oh, sh- uh, Wednesday, Wednesday. So, so Rangers have got that final, then the Scottish Cup on the Saturday. So uh, yeah, so I won't be watching that on Wednesday. I'm going to be at a pub quiz. <laughs> what? Next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. You want to be there to cheer, don't you? Not to cheer. <laughs> now, do you know what? Do you know the funny thing is living in England? I. Pr- I'm probably more supportive of Rangers to win because it's like get it around you, English people, um, yeah. so, sort of thing. And it's two teams of Champions League. It's because I don't live in Glasgow. If I lived in Glasgow, I wouldn't hear the end of it. Um, so you obviously see the stuff that some of the, some, you know, the guys put you know, after that Celtic in the league. Oh, it's because the referees buy the league because Rangers, you know, it's just it's pathetic. The whole thing, but it's pathetic both ways. It's not like it's one, one way or the other. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I I would laugh if they don't do it, but I think they will. I think uh, Tav's got another penalty in him. Yeah, cool. Don't know if you wanna do you wanna do you wanna end us there, Aaron? Uh, I know you you introduced the pod, John, to end us there, and we'll uh, finish up. Yeah, well, I mean, like, share, subscribe, do all that shit, and um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure whoever's listening to this will probably have switched off after 10 minutes. But anyway, we'll be back for a more structured one next time. That's our Friday night ramble. We um we gave it a go and uh, we probably won't do it again. But it well, please let us know if you liked it. If you liked it, let us <laughs> yeah. know. We'll uh, we'll do some more Friday night rambles. Yeah, nice one. Well, have a good weekend, everyone. But even though you'll be listening to it way after the weekend. But- <laughs> <laughs>